My name is Brandon Wade, but you can call me Mr. Brandon Wade. You can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me B Wade. But I got two rules for you if you're going to call me anything. Speak life and keep it real. If you do that, you're good in my book. Welcome to Pay It Forward. Whether this is a short episode or a long episode, I give you the greatest commodity that I have. Myself, who I am, who I'm learning to be, and who I've been. I give you my experiences. I give you my heart. I give you the parts of myself that even I don't necessarily want people to know. So if you're going to show up here, my only request to you is this. If you're blessed by anything that you hear from me, pay it forward to somebody else and speak life into the people that you're around. So let's check out what the show's about today. Pay it forward. What's good, y'all? Yo, so I really hope y'all enjoyed um, my opener for season six. That is uh, my first interview segment. I promised you guys I was going to do interview segments. And, you know, I'm happy to be able to keep my word on that and honor my word. You know, that's a part of integrity. And um, I was able to have Dennis on there, as you guys saw. You guys can uh, check either a portion of the video interview that we had, or you can check the audio interview. It's on all the podcast streaming sites. So if you follow Pay It Forward, you've probably already seen it. But if not, it's the episode previous to this one. Uh, this is just going to be kind of a short. Um, I had gotten inspired by a quote that I've seen from someone who I also want to have on the show. I've reached out to them, and it's, of course, up to them entirely if they want to be a part of it. But this person has inspired me in certain areas, and I just want to hear where their perspective is. Um, but they posted, um, a quote, it was an Instagram quote, and I'm going to look it up right now. It was talking about, it says, before you can truly embrace the radical idea that kids don't need to suffer emotionally or physically in order to learn, AKA punishment, you must first embrace the radical idea that you didn't deserve to suffer emotionally or physically in order to learn. It always starts with us. So that quote, um, I've been looking at a lot of things and a lot of information on uh, the parenting style um, that's more like a, a connection-based parenting or responsive parenting. And there are some things that I genuinely deeply agree with, and I'm learning my own understanding within. There's some things that, you know, I still understand that these people have their own perspectives and they have the right to. I don't understand everyone's perspectives, but my goal is to come to understand, even if I don't necessarily always agree with all of the viewpoints, but one that I particularly agree with is that it does all start with us and that it is very ingrained into our culture. Like, you know, there was something that my dad taught me and I wanted to actually talk about my dad in a more grounded light as I've been doing more healing. You guys have heard me be transparent about my dad and some of the critical things he said. And truthfully, I was able, that was the first time I was able to really ever say a lot of those things about my dad. I was always afraid that, you know, he'd find out about it or he'd hear about it or I'd get punished for it. You know, I always kind of had some of these beliefs, but I was very, you know, stifled in saying it. So there's just a couple of things I wanted to talk about in regards to this, this, this philosophy. Um, and even some things that it taught me about my own relationship with my dad. So one really, really good thing that my dad always gave me was, and that helped me to feel much safer in our relationship, which 
helped me, I believe, to not be someone who sought a lot of things other places. Like I didn't really, and this is not, this ain't no judgment to nobody who really moved and did this kind of stuff. Cause I got a lot of friends who, who've done this stuff. You know, I never ran, I didn't really run the streets like that. You know, I didn't get into smoking. I didn't really drink or anything like that. You know, I, you know, I, I, was not a single parent, you know, and I, I'm only saying that because I've had friends and I know people that are in that state. I do not judge that, that scenario. I'm just saying that for me, one of the things that kept me away, I always thought it was that I feared my dad. And I realized I don't I don't think that was it was because I definitely had stuff that I did in trying to understand and kind of push the boundaries or whatever, what I thought was right. Um you know, I, I ran, you know, I, like I said, I, I did my share of kind of running around and doing my own thing or whatever and just kind of trying to figure out and find my own way. One thing my dad really helped me with was he let me know that he would always be there for me and always had my back, whether I was right or wrong. He was phenomenal at that. And he he would always tell me before I remember before I really even started getting out there like that, he said, boy, I want you to know something. He said, if you call me, I'll come get you. And I was like, "Okay, dad, like, that's cool. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, so I'm gonna break it down for you. He said, I don't care where you are. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care where what what part of the state you might be in. I don't care if you in another state. I don't care where you are. If you need me at any point you can call me and I will come and get you. And he said that to me, I think I was like 11 or 12. I didn't really, he said, you call me. He said, all you got to do. He said, and he made sure I memorized his numbers, you know, whatever phone number is. He said, and he said, I will come and get you. And I can actually say that that was something that my dad held true to. It, it, I could, I, I had a couple of times where I called him and I was just, you know, out, you know, riding the bus or whatever, but I always knew in the back of my mind that my dad would be there for me. There was never a question in my mind. Was my dad going to ever abandon me in a time of need? Never. That was something that I knew about him. No matter what he was going to always, always, always have my back. And that taught me something about safety. It was a, it was a solid safety net, which is why one reason it hit me so hard when he died was because he was just always, always, always there. I mean, I'm talking down to like the last week of his life. He was still like that. And it made me think about the things that made me feel that I trusted my dad the most you know, my dad was a man and he taught me the best way that he knew how. And I, I understand that I'm not excusing the things in which he did the verbal abuses and all that stuff like that. I'm not excusing that stuff, but I am talking about a different facet of my dad here. Um, one thing that I learned when it came to him was. He was trying to prepare me for a world. That he thought I would not be ready for. And so I remember him, you know, saying a lot of things. And one time I remember us having an argument. Well, as close to an argument as I could get without him, you know, telling me to just shut up. And I called him on something because my dad could be very manipulative in his way. And he was very good at it. Um, and so I remember calling him on it and say, you manipulated me. And he said, yeah, I did. 
And he said, and I did it because if I didn't do it, the world was going to do it to you. So many of us have heard that from our parents. If I don't do it, the world will do it. And in listening to and looking at some of these different pages that I've looked at, the responsive parenting, it kind of it, it terrifies me that my children are going to be so much more securely attached than I was. I'm happy about it, but it also terrifies me. And I also feel some resentment towards that, too, that my kids are going to feel safer to express their feelings than I ever did to my dad. That my kids are going to feel safer to be the full range of who they are as children than I ever was to my dad. That is terrifying to me because the inner child in me still does not fully feel validated. And I can admit it that I can admit that. And I started thinking more about that philosophy than my dad taught me because that's the way that I thought about raising my kids, too. I said, I've got to make sure that I prepare them for the things they are going to face in the world. And they need to know that I am the absolute law and the absolute authority. And you know, I know what's funny about that. I don't need to teach them that. Your kids already know you are the absolute law and absolute authority. They already know that. That's the thing that's ingrained in, in birth. Your kid, you're the, they're, they're complete, completely dependent on you. I don't need to make my kids scared of me for them to respect and trust me and follow me. My kids are going to follow me because they're my kids. But my kids are also going to follow me because I'm going to set an example for them and be able to give them safe spaces that, you know, my dad was not able to give me. And I'm also going to give those safe spaces to myself through community, through connection, through support, through therapy, areas that my dad was not a man of therapy. My dad was a lone wolf. He was a man that believed in hustling and figuring things out himself. He believed that the only value was between me and him and my mom. And he was like, as long as we together, it's all good. My dad was a survivor and I learned how to survive from him. And I'm very grateful for that. And the best way that I can honor my dad, as I realize as these times are coming up, because there's another time of grief that is, you know, been present in my life, which is, you know, which was in April when he died. And so, the best way that I can really honor my dad is not to pay him back. And I realize there's been a long part of me that has felt that I've owed my dad for the way that he treated me. You know, I always felt like there was something wrong. So like as a kid, I was like, I got to figure out what that was. And my dad had his own fears. He had his own experiences and all that. And when I started looking at these parenting styles that focus more on connection than being a corrector, there are ways to correct your children without coercing or manipulating your children. We correct the best way I believe we correct our children is by being an example to them, because I can always remember as my as, as my with my dad. My mom used to always ask me, like, how come I never cleaned or I never washed the dishes or I never did things like that? And she would say things like that to me um, when I was younger. And I didn't really understand that. And now I do, because my dad didn't do it. And I watched my dad and my dad would, and my mom would just kind of pick up after my dad and I would just watch my dad do it. And I was like, well, if he doesn't do it, I'm not doing it. My dad said a lot of different things, but I always watched what he did. I watched how my dad got up in the morning. I watched how he was on time everywhere. That man was never late. Like you, you, you dang near couldn't pay him to be late. 
that man would set aside time and he would prepare himself to make sure that he was on time. And he would always get upset when me and my mom were running late X, Y, and Z. Now I'm a timely person. And you know, it's funny. I got it from him. I watched what my dad did and I modeled it accordingly. I watched what my mom did and I modeled it accordingly because that's what kids do. We watch what our parents do. We watch what those we, we, we need and are dependent on do. And we do that. We are not, kids are not designed to carry the emotional weight of a parent's struggle. That is the bottom line to it. That will not change. It will never change. Kids are not designed to do that. And the reality is, is that most of us that raise our kids are just kids too. And so we're still trying to carry the weight of our own parents' emotional struggles. And we don't really even have the time for our own. So a lot of us are are expecting our kids to pay us back. And the greatest gift, I believe, and I'm, and I'm speaking from someone who is not a parent yet. So I don't know what the stresses and struggles are of being a parent. I will openly admit that right now. But as a kid who has experienced what it was like to have a parent love them and do their best and also managed to be very abusive in certain things they did. The greatest gift that I have that I can give ironically comes to paying it forward. The greatest pain that I believe most kids experience is that we feel that we owe our parents because our parents sometimes make us feel that way. You know, most of us are going to point back to a parent and say, well, my dad did that. And most of my absolute truths in life that I've had to unlearn were just truths that came from, well, my dad did that. Or, hey, my first pastor did that. Or, hey, my spiritual father did that. They were absolute truths because I watched what they did and I just imitated it. And there is still room to grow and to nurture. I do believe that there is room for guidance. And I do believe that we, you know, there can be structure. And I'm going to implement structure in my family. And at the same time, I'm not going to punish my kids for being themselves. I'm going to model what it means to be a man in this world and be a safe man and a healthy man. I'm not going to be a perfect man, but I'm going to model what that means, which means my kids will know what it means to have an apology. My kids will know I don't have, won't have to tell my kids to apologize because they will know because their father will model apology. They won't have to know whether their, their dad is going to be there when he says he's going to be there because he's going to be there. I can model it for them. And that's the best way to teach anyway, is to model it. It's the one that costs the most because we don't get to just play absolute law. We don't get to say, do as I say, not as I do, as many of our parents did. But there's a scripture in the Bible that says, if any would follow after me, he would first deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And I know everybody that listen to me don't believe in the Bible. And that's, that's, where, that's where everybody is. I think that's good that everybody's got different perspectives. But at the same time, denying yourself sometimes means denying the programming that you have. So I just really wanted to speak on that and just kind of speak about what it's going to mean to be, um, you know, for me, as just a responsive parent. If I can't be a responsive parent yet, I can be a responsive person. So I'm going to start there. But, yeah, these are just some things I wanted to say. Uh, some pay it forward things I wanted to say just a little short for you guys um, I don't know when my next guest segment will be but 
when that person inspires me and I connect with them, I will absolutely let you know. You're going to see a lot more guest segments now because now I didn't got locked in. I know how to do it. I know how to set it up. I'm excited to see what's coming next. So I love y'all, man. And if you blessed by anything I say, don't try to pay it back to me, man. Go pay it forward. I love y'all, man. Take care. Appreciate y'all for always listening. Peace.